Hello and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. Oh, I am just in awe of today's guest. Um, I don't even need to read a bio of hers because she is someone that I've had the honor of witnessing such an incredible journey when it comes to her life and her business. She had this intuitive hit and this intuitive download that she deeply desired to support women who have curly hair in really creating curls that are thriving and feel healthy and all of those things in between. I don't have curly hair, but I have witnessed and absorbed and watched so many of her tutorials and content because she makes them so fun. And at the time I was actually, I was working with her as her coach and we will get into that in the podcast, but she was ready to go all in and all in she did. And she began by setting up a one-to-one coaching and then she created a virtual, uh, virtual, virtual call school. And the business grew exponentially, like just beyond words. And now fast forward a few years later, she's actually pivoted and she has a subscription-based product-based business. So people subscribe to receive um, mini products in the mail from her company every single month. And her business has become extremely lucrative, profitable. She has six employees. I mean, all the things she's become a viral sensation online. I mean, this all started from the seed of an intuitive hit and a download that she literally had. I remember her telling me this in the shower that this is what she wanted to do. And it was a massive pivot and a massive change in her life. And she has created so much abundance around her. We actually have an earlier podcast um, episode where she talks about that transition. And when she talks about that phase, that that growing phase and, you know, how she created um, the, the, I think the word would be virality or the viral content that um, really created a lot of growth for her in her email list and her subscribers and all of those things in between. Today, it's kind of like the next phase where we talk about, well, what did it look like for her to pivot in her business? Um, What did it look like for her to realize that actually the coaching side of things maybe weren't lighting her up? What are some of the things that maybe you need in place in your business if you do want to have um, to be selling a product? Um, If you do want to grow to this level, What does it look like to hire people? How does she remain grounded and in alignment with her vision while she manages, you know, a big company with over 4,000 subscribers uh, paying her directly every single month? So there's a lot. I am just in so much awe of her. I think she has gone after her dreams and her ambitions in such a powerful way and really listened to her intuition and it has not steered her wrong. And if it has in any way, she has learned to pivot from that or grow from that. And it's just been so wonderful to witness that growth in her life um, and all of the things in between. So without further ado, that was a very long um, intro to this episode, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of a backstory. Please welcome Barbara, the founder of Curl Vitality onto the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I know that I say this at the top of every podcast episode about how excited I am to speak to a guest, but truly I am so excited because it is about time that I caught up with today's podcast guest. And I have so many questions to ask her about life and business and all the things in between. So welcome Barbara from Curl Vitality. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I mean, I have had you on the podcast before. I'm thinking that was a year and a half ago. Yeah. It's like maybe, maybe more third episode or so. Like it was like early on. 
Okay, so it would have been even earlier than a year and a half ago, which is crazy because time is absolutely flying. But in the meantime, I mean, your business was growing like crazy when we last spoke, but it has only continued to grow. You've evolved. I feel so blessed to have been able to watch that from like its inception. You've also gotten married. You've bought your second home. I mean, just all of the things. So just kind of catch us up. Um, with where you're at in life right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think last time we chatted, I was doing curly hair coaching. So um, for those of you who did not listen to that lovely, I think episode three, I don't know. um, I don't know what it was, but of um, the Girl Unfiltered podcast. At that time, I was doing curly hair coaching and I had actually worked with Helena immediately right when I started uh, coaching because she just is so fantastic, especially about like making mindset shifts and just had changed my life so much with my money mindset. So she was the first person I told when I was like, I think I'm going to make a curly hair coaching business. And she was just so supportive. And, you know, and other people definitely told me that it was an insane idea. She was the first person to get behind it and back me up. So we have a very long history together, but I think on our, like the last time we spoke, I was doing curl coaching and I think I had launched my virtual curl school, which was like my, um, 10 week, uh, sort of program that was virtual. And I didn't have to like be at the whole time, just sort of like my evergreen curl coaching program. So really from there, honestly, like obviously lots of ups and downs and lefts and rights, But I sort of got to a place with curl coaching uh, that I was in a very lucky place that my wait list was just really long. And I got to a place where I felt like I wasn't able to help all the people who were wanting help. And I got to a place where I just actually realized that I'm a little bit more introverted than I thought I was. So I would get on these curl coaching calls and I would be so drained. Like I, it wouldn't light me up. I wouldn't like afterwards feel great. Afterwards, I would feel so tired, so like irritable. And it was really affecting my social life. It was affecting like how I treated my husband. I would get off these calls and I would be angry and irritable. Um, and it just because like I was just using all of my social battery on my clients. And um, yeah, I just, I, I just honestly burnt myself out after a little while of doing it. I was like, just sort of like, it wasn't letting me up when I had a client call on the, on the calendar. I was feeling like, oh, like just how am I going to like muster up the energy for this call? And I just sort of got to a point with it where I was like, I don't know that this is like my, my forever. I love what I built. I think it's useful, but I don't like doing it. Um, which is only something you could really know if you try, I guess. But, um, so since we had this wait list and with Helena and things like that, we built all of these like funnels for freebies and got a great email list going on. Um, we had quite a lot of people under our belt, like wanting something that was more affordable than, uh, curl coaching that was more accessible. And again, I, didn't want to have to sit there on Zoom all the time with people because I just didn't like it. It didn't light me up. And um, that's when I thought of Curls Monthly, which is really what the business has become now. So Curls Monthly is my curly hair subscription service. And um, it's more of a physical product rather than a coaching service or digital product of that sort. So completely 180 of the business. Um, and basically we deliver five plus of mini curl products to our subscribers doors each month. And this way, uh, because no two heads of hair is the same. It's not like mascara where like anybody could suggest a mascara and it'll probably work for you. Hair is so scientific. So the point and premise behind curls monthly is just the ability to be able to try things that maybe you never heard of, never would have thought of or are maybe out of like your price range. So we just um, basically collect uh, different products and put them together in packs and ship them to you monthly. So you're able to try things um, like never before. So that's what I've been doing now. And we've been doing that now for 13 months. So a little over a year. And yeah, I think that's sort of the 
the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Wow. And you also got married. In- also got married. Also bought a house. <laughs> What a house, all the things. I have so much to unpack, even in just what you've said. Before we dive into that, I just want to share, you know, listening to Barbara, really, whoever is listening to this, hear what she's saying. She started a business fully focused on curly hair. Like, I don't know of any other person who was like curly hair coaching the way that you were at that time. And to some that might seem crazy, but as I said, like I was there at the inception and you had this major intuitive download. You had this major intuitive hit. And when I heard you speaking about it, I remember where I was. I think I was in, I was in England at the time, but I was coaching you from there because I can picture myself where I was and what office I was sitting in. And I just remember it was like the idea was moving through your body. It was like, it, it not had taken over, but it was so in you. It wasn't like a flighty kind of, I think this thing more in my head. It was like, you lit up within your soul, within your body when you thought about it. That's why I knew it was something for you to do. Yeah, we could question it. Yeah, we could doubt it. Yeah, we'd be like, I don't know. Is this something people want? But because it was so you were so fired up and it was so such a big passion for you. Of course, you experienced the results that you did. And I'm sharing that as just a reminder for everyone that those intuitive hits, if they keep speaking to you, if you keep feeling that, if that voice keeps repeating that, if you feel lit up in your body when you go to explain it, there's a reason why, and we can't ignore those moments. And no, you couldn't have really decided what it was going to look like two, three years from then, but you started with where you were at. You followed that and look at where it is now. 100%. And I think actually the best advice ever was from day one, when I thought of the curl coaching business, business, and you might remember this, I thought of the subscription business Mm -hmm. and you gave me the best advice ever, which truly like I am so grateful for you. You said, start with the coaching because like, you'll be able to just get clientele, followers, gain trust, that type of thing. There's not as many overhead costs and then, you know, move on to that. And I kind of had forgotten about the subscription for a few years. It didn't even like dawn on me because I was so involved with like the coaching, but that really like start that catapult to that. If I didn't do that, this would completely not exist like at all. So it, it was just like one of the smartest things like anyone could have ever said to me. Oh, I'm so glad. And and yeah, like I do remember you telling me about the subscription. And I think because it was such a brand new niche, not just for you, but also out there, um, I knew that it was going to be so important for you to create a loyal following. And also the fact that there is no overhead in the beginning, really. I mean, yes. Okay. We get like the CRM and, you know, building out your landing pages and all that. Yes. I I understand that, but there's a very different overhead description based business which we will get into and a product versus you were able to very quickly start supporting yourself financially. And that grew, I mean, quicker than most people ever would when it came to one-to-one coaching. And we can talk a little bit about like kind of the viral aspect of that, but just thank you for saying that because a lot of people look at people online or businesses out there and they, they sort of just think it woke, they woke up and it was like that. And that's not the case. And I love that. I've genuinely seen every single step of how you've grown and who knows where that's going to be a few years from now. I know there are other things that you talked about that you wanted to do that I'm sure are going to be in the works, but thank you for reminding people that, you know, you get to take it step by step and allow it to evolve from there. hundred percent. Um, like I would say like, God is a God of order. So like, like we're supposed to take these steps. We're not supposed to just like jump from here to here because you're not going to be ready as a person. And so like, like we're always going to be put on like the path that is going to like order our steps so that when we get to that spot, we're going to be like, just ready. We're like physically ready and physically there. So I think that like, again, without all that time, I mean, there would have been no way I could have been doing what I'm doing now. And I'm constantly trying to remind myself of that because we always are wanting more, you know, with every, with every up level, there's always another up level. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not going to go into necessarily like those first few months of that first year because it is in that first podcast episode. And someone's really curious about what that looked like for you. Just go back and listen to that one after you've listened to this. So really want to go to the moment where you realize this isn't lighting me up. Your body was very much telling you, you know, this isn't in alignment with me. Um, you were getting lethargic. Like those are all real signs within the body that something is off. How long did it take you, like really experiencing that, to getting the intuitive nudge and like taking the actual action and pivoting the business? Yeah, it was probably like four or five full months of like absolute. Honestly, during that time, I was in like probably the worst like depressive state of my life mm-hmm. at that time. Um, I just like really, really was just going through a lot of things and that was definitely affecting it. Like just not feeling lit, lit up. And I'm a very, like, I wear my heart on my sleeve person. Like, and I think you are too. Like I, I'm not able, if I feel a certain way, like I can't fake it. I, mm-hmm. I'm like, if I feel a certain way I'm out. So the feelings started to come in and started to trickle in of like, I don't really feel like taking this coaching call right now. And, and I, the reason why that was so big for me is I wouldn't want to be with a coach who wasn't excited to talk to me. And that was one thing I like kind of just was like, that's not cool. I, I, I would want to be with a coach who like is really excited to have this conversation, um, and really excited to, to help me further. And I was that way. Um, but yeah, it just sort of like ended up, just like I said, not lighting me up. And um, so sort of what had happened, maybe I would like, I felt this way. I think this was would have maybe been like 2021, like very end of 2021. And then by time February of 2022 came, um, we had hired, we already had one full-time employee and then we hired a full-time marketing person. And um, the marketing girl was great. She, you know, she still works there. She was helping us with advertising the coaching stuff. And I would just feel sick to my stomach when she would like show me these fantastically beautiful, you know, Facebook ad site flows of this great coaching thing that she made for me. And I would like look at them and I'd be like, I almost didn't want people to get to the end of the freaking flow because I didn't want to have to deal with them. I was just feeling just like, just so sticky and so stuck. Um, I did have for sure one very specific day that I remember probably in like April, 2022, where I like, it was probably for like a week straight. I didn't work, told people I was working, but I was just kind of, I was just like sitting there completely analysis paralysis, canceled some coaching calls, you know, rescheduled them and stuff like that. And I had like this one day where I just was like on my knees, like just crying and like not knowing what I wanted to do, um, just like praying, like what's next for me, you know, just like sitting there just at a total surrender moment, I think just as a total, like, okay, look, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, a lot of my identity is tied up with this. A lot of, you know, who I like, what is this? Who am I? And when I was on my knees, that's when you know, the idea uh, popped into my head once again of the subscription service. And you know me, Helena, when I get an idea, there is literally no stopping me. So mm-hmm. like, it's like, okay, like wiping the tears away. And then I just like got to work on it. I started researching. And um, then like two days later, I like got on a Zoom call with my team and I'm like, hey, you know, all of those email blasts and funnels and things that we've been working on for the past like two months, we're going to nix all of them. And I'm starting a subscription business. So who's with me? And um, they were both like super excited and super energetic, but that was sort of the the birthing of Curls Monthly. <laughs> okay. Wow. And how like... Obviously, you had the idea. I think we we all know what that feeling is like when you have that intuitive hit and you're like, I'm running with this. I can say this even from personal experience. Sometimes you start and you're like, the first two days you feel so lit up about it. And then day four, day five, you know, those thoughts start really creeping in of self-doubt, of worry, of what if. Did you experience that? If so, what were some of those fearful thoughts that maybe you had during that pivot? Yes, 100%. Um, I 
mainly the fearful thoughts revolved around, I remember I made a video about this and I was like, I'm, I was kind of like teasing like what I was doing, you know, for a few months before I actually launched it. And I was like, I'm making something, but it feels like it's like a gamble. Like, I feel like I'm walking out to a casino floor and I'm like getting some dice. I don't even know like what game this is, but I'm getting some dice and I'm rolling and I'm just like, hope oh, this works. So there was definitely like that doubt in me of just like, I don't know what to do, especially when it came to with the e-commerce stuff, like how many do I need? How many people are going to buy this? There, You know, all those things of like, am I going to buy too much stuff? Am I going to like, like what, what is all that going, what's going to happen with all that? So definitely lots of that. And um, honestly, what kept me on track truly Helena was like a good money mindset. It truly was like, you taught me this. And I say this all the time to people. I'm you're like, what's actually the worst that can happen. And that's what I thought to myself, like, okay, the literal worst thing that can happen here is that Curls Monthly doesn't work out. Like people don't like it. It doesn't like get picked up. Like it just isn't like a wanted thing. Okay. Then I would probably just like let go of my two lovely employees. And I have all of those evergreen content and all that evergreen, like the courses and stuff like that, that would absolutely have like been able to support me for a little bit while I was, you know, figuring the next step out. So it's like the worst thing that can happen really just wasn't so bad. So I was just like, no, might as well just do it. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I I feel so like just in awe that it was those, that, that mindset work that we did two years, three years prior to that, that was still living with you in these huge decision-making um, phases of your life. And I think that really is the power of subconscious money mindset work is like, it lives with you far after we have been working together, which is just beautiful to hear. I, I like always am directing people to you literally all the time. Like anytime somebody's like, Oh, like, how did you do that? I'm like, Oh, well, I worked with this girl. Um, but I like that. It really does all come back to that. And like, there's so many like little Helena isms that like pop into my head, just like that. of just like, what's the worst that can happen? It's probably actually really not that bad. So might as well just, just go for it. And yeah, plus it like lit me up and it made me excited and nobody was doing it. So it's just like, you know, I, I, I guess I'm a very like YOLO person. It's just like, well, why not? You know? And I think it's safe to say that when you follow your lit up feeling, it obviously is for a reason and it often tends to work. Um, I'm curious what your human design is. Have you ever heard of that before? Do you know what your human design is? Yes. What was it? Manifesting generator? Is that? Yeah, I knew it. I completely (laughs) knew you were a manifesting generator because I am too. And you have to be like, you have to feel lit up about what it is that you're doing. So that, that definitely hits. Um, so, okay. You start the pivot. What does that logistically actually look like for somebody who has no idea, (laughs) including me? I mean, I see what was going on from the outside perspective, but what does that look like to go from I'm coaching online to I'm now selling a product? Like when I took a leap of faith, literally the leap was so big that like when the day I decided this two days later, I told my team and I said, we're, I'm not taking a single client anymore. So for two and a half months, we didn't have any, I mean, I had trickling like ones that I had before. So I was like finishing people off, but yeah, I like, we were just like, we're just, I'm stopping it now. Like, because you know, and I know like your mind can't be split like that when like your mind is split and like in one door and out of another door and focus on this and not focused on that. Like you, you're, you need to be like laser focused for things to really succeed. And I definitely learned that I think in a lot of ways, especially like the launch of virtual curl school, which was my like 10 week virtual course that taught me so much. One of the things being, if you're going to launch anything, put all of your effort into it. Like, don't like half-ass anything, put everything that you have into it. And then same, like if you're launching something, just launch that. Don't do anything else at the same time. Um, That was like a big wake up call for me. So we stopped taking people and basically, not even, gosh, it's like, what did we even do? We, through that time, we um, just worked on our email list. So think anything that we were like, quote unquote, advertising was all freebie stuff because we just wanted to grow that email list. And we were really just teasing Curls Monthly for a while. 
I know like the week up to it, uh, every day I dropped a clue towards like what it was. And um, people were really loving that because they were able to guess, but no one ever guessed it throughout the entire week, which was so crazy. So uh, from there, I had worked like influencing wise with a few curl brands. Um, and so they were the first people I reached out to to be inside of Curls Monthly because I already had developed a relationship with them. And, um, you know, I had to literally like guess a number of products I thought I would need. And that sounds good. I think that will work. And like we had to, you know, work with like a brand designer and design a brand, which is now completely changed from that, but that's fine. Um, and website and all that stuff. Um, and then we popped up on there, like before we launched a wait list, just get hype up. Then when, you know, the waitlisters got access to the product 15 minutes before everyone else they could purchase. Um, but yeah, we just, we sourced products. I was doing it out of my, um, living room for six or seven months. That was fun. (laughs) And yeah, we just got these huge pallets delivered to my like suburban home. And I was just like, you know, Mrs. like fix it and like carrying boxes in my house all day. And just like, very hands-on, very yeah, hands-on. very hands-on. And yeah. Do you happen to remember what the numbers were? So do you happen to remember roughly how many people were on that wait list when you first announced it? I don't remember how many were on the wait list. Um, so we had the first month, 1000, uh, subscription spots open, and then we sold out of those spots in 36 hours. So I, that's what I remember. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And just to put it in perspective, I guess, because I don't know, those numbers might seem untangible, I guess, for some people. How many people at that point did you have on your actual email list? Do you remember? Um, I want to say 130,000 on the email list. Okay. That's incredible. And just so everyone knows, (laughs) because I know this, Barbara built that up through her social media content. I mean- You went totally viral and you poured into your content. And that is something that you are, I would say, a master at. Um, The way that you curate content and the way that you speak to your ideal potential client or customer. And so that really shows in the fact that you were at that place when you launched it. Because of course, then you were able to take a thousand people on that journey with you so quickly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned this earlier a little bit. Um, I don't know if I should like how in depth I should go. You might know what I'm talking about. There is, there's like a big like girl workforce brand that you and I are both familiar with. I don't know if you want me to say Mm -hmm. what it is, but I remember I went to you and I was like on their podcast, like they said that they made a million dollars in a year. Like, I don't understand how that's possible. I'm working so hard. I don't understand. This was like, like month two of coaching or something of me doing curl coaching you know, charging like $700 or something like that. Like, no way I'm going to hit a million dollars. And um, you're like, well, Barbara, like they've been doing the business they have now for a year, but they have mm-hmm. been, you know what I mean? Like years before that, they were doing other things. I'm like, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Creating a ton, a ton of content and really nurturing that audience. And I think that's a tough it's a tough place and it's a tough even conversation to have because you know I know why women out there are starting their own businesses and I know the mission and and their why behind that and it's tough because there's it's a natural thing to play the comparison game and so you can easily find yourself comparing to brands that you don't even realize have been on social media for however long or have been growing or nurturing an email list for how however long we have no idea. And so, you know, there is the expectation I go straight into this and I hit this figure and there is a lot of stuff on the online in the online space that can also make you feel that way. And I'm not saying that it is not possible. I'm a money mindset coach. Trust me, I have mm-hmm. an abundance mindset around this. Mm-hmm. But I also want you to feel grounded in what you're creating and know that you know, there's a journey with this and it's okay to bridge the gap. It's okay to have something to supplement while you're growing, you know, to really nurture that because the more solid 
foundation that it is built on, the more is going to be possible as you continue to grow. 100% build on stone and not sand. Yeah. I, I uh, cannot say that enough. And also, um, I mean, this is something I'm, I, I continually struggle with comparison. And this is something truly daily I like meditate on and pray about because it's just something in me that has been a difficult thing to kick. And um, another Hellenism, Hellenism that you taught me a while ago too, was like your up levels never, never end. There's just like another up level and then you get there. I, I know like this happened a lot with me with followers. I used to be like, oh, like I need da, 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 followers. And then that number would appear. And then I'm just like, hmm, okay. Like, like nothing changes. And why? Because you like, I think just watching follower account is a good example of what you're saying of order and weight and journey. When you hit that, let's just say 50,000 follower number, nothing changes because you were there from 20,000, 21,000. Uh, you know, 49,000 and 50,000, like you, you're there throughout the every single day and every single aspect of the journey. So when that 50,000 number comes um, in one way, you're, you're completely prepared for it because you watched yourself go from throughout the numbers. And then in another way, in terms of thinking about follower count as like a vanity number, like it's never going to be enough. And once you get there, you're always going to want more. And that's also a lot of energy to be holding space for. I mean, if anyone goes and checks out your TikTok or your Instagram, you know, you do have a huge following and a lot of energy coming your way. I know for me, again, on a personal level, there would definitely be resistance to that. Like, I know that that's something for me to work through if I want to like expand even more because there's like a boundary in place there where my energy and my essence and my family is just so important. I think also in this season of life that I'm in, I'm just curious, you know, I know it's not always been easy for you. I'm curious, do you feel like you're in a different place now with that than you were a year ago, two years ago, or is that something that you still have to work through on a daily basis? Um, I mean, I'm definitely constantly growing and getting better from it. I must say that truly hate doesn't affect me nearly as much. Um, every time I get a slew of hate, which it always comes in slews. <laughs> every time I get a big like catapulting of hate each time, I just like prepares you for the next time, honestly. Um, so in terms of like the obvious online, when you have a following or when a, a video gets caught up on the, you know, algorithms happy side that one day, like, you know, you're going to get those angry people for whatever reason. Um, but that has been something that at this point truly doesn't affect me. At, if anything, like the only times I'll like bring it up to Chris or something like my husband is if somebody says something that's so outlandish that I'm just like, look at this and we just laugh about it. So I'm happy to be at a place with that there. Um, I would say that as I've grown, the comparison has actually gotten worse um, because I think that it's in like, I'm sort of in a different level of people, like in terms of followers. And a lot of times like with, you know, a certain following, lots of times comes certain things. And so um, I think that as that has grown, my my comparison game has has grown even further because I think just like maybe the stakes are higher. In, in a certain way, it just feels like there's just more, I think, to to compare yourself to because the people who have these 3 million, 4 million followers are, you know, just in a very different place mentally. Rocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so it's my honest answer. I know it's not like great, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's. No, it's of course. I mean, mental health and mental well being is such an important factor and something I'm very passionate about speaking on. When it comes to growth, and I was just curious how you manage that. I will say, again, from an outside perspective, also knowing the growth that you've experienced in your business, I know certain brands who have 3 million followers, but haven't monetized their businesses the way that you have. So again, it's a vanity number because you straight out of the gate, you had your SHIT together because <laughs> we made sure you did. Like I remember being like, Build a funnel, <laughs> build an email list, get a freebie up there like ASAP. 
And how many brands do you know that haven't done that, you know? And so, okay, so what if somebody has that amount of followers? Does it really mean that you're not as far ahead or you're not doing this? You know, so many people could look at you and compare themselves to you. And I think what's most important is that you know what your truth is, you know what your value is, and you know what your specific why is. So I'm curious when you did pivot into the subscription-based product, did you did you find that your energy shifted? Did you find that your mental well-being shifted in that time? Yeah, 100% for the positive. Um, I think that there's so many aspects that play into that. One of the things that made it a lot easier was, um, and this is definitely something I have found, is that the people of TikTok definitely don't mind paying $22 for a product that they physically get in front of them. Um, but they really mind paying $22 for a digital project product. So, um, that within itself just like, like (laughs) just eliminating some of like negative feedback alone has helped a lot. Um, but beyond that, yes. I mean, I think just like I, during like the beginning days when I was packing all the mailers myself, which like, yes, in a week, like packed a thousand mailers, just like sitting there myself, um, very scrappy, very hands-on, but we love it. Um, I literally loved doing that because I could do what I'm best at, which is content creation throughout that entire time. I was going, going on live. I was getting, you know, like showing people as I'm packing orders, I'm filming really fun, little like cheeky packing things. And that is just what I like to do. And I think that's really where like my skill set soars. I'm really good at making videos and I'm really good at selling online. So it was just like a really it was just like a great mold of all of the things that I love to do and all of my best skill sets, which is the goal. That's always what we want to like work towards. So, um, that like within itself, I think just really helped my mental health. Cause I just felt like I was doing something that I'm good at. And I felt like I, I like was in, I liked showing up to work, even though it was so much more hands-on and physical. I just liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you have got, um, correct me if I'm wrong, two employees, right? Or it says we that actually have, we're a six. We have a oh, six, yeah. <laughs> now, okay. So talk to me about that process. Um, yeah. I knew Katie, right? Yes. Yeah. So I knew her. I remember the time when you brought her on and I was just so proud of you because you knew it was time to hire somebody and you weren't afraid to do it. Like a lot of people would have fear around that. And you, you have a full-time employee. I'm like, that is freaking badass. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot to that. So talk to me a little bit about what it's looked like for you as a leader going through those hiring processes and when you've known it's time for another person. Yes. Um, I'm going to start with the second question, which is knowing it's time for another person. There's always time for another person. Like, I don't care what your business is. I don't care what, like there is always work for another person. And every time you hire another person, it actually just opens a door of, oh, wow, we actually also need this person. Like it just, and it's good. It's like, it's great expansion and it really like points holes and you just get better. And hiring people also shouldn't be in uh, an expense. It's an investment. Like you should be making that money back or at the minimal, you're making that time back, which then is money. So just in general, like, I'm just, I'm like such like a, I love, I could like talk about that forever. I literally love hiring people, like could do it all day long. Um, <laughs> We're actually hiring right now, by the way, if anyone of you is really great at making TikToks, come on <laughs> over. So what would be like the things for somebody to look out for? Because you obviously feel really passionate about hiring, others don't. So what are some of those signs that go, okay, it's time for somebody else? Um, I would say, I mean, like the biggest one, which takes time to work into, like, I don't want somebody hearing this who's week two of their business and feeling like, like, it's just not going to happen. It does, it does take order. It takes time, just like what we've been saying, but definitely like if you are not working, spending the majority of your time doing the skill sets that you're best at, and you're spending a lot of time doing things that um, you're okay at or doing things that you have to do. Um, and then as well as just like jotting down everything that you're currently doing, or if you have an employee, everything that they're currently doing, 
and um, think about like what they are or you are best at. Again, like just just figuring out your best and things that you like doing uh, skills. And then from there, there's always going to be someone better than you at whatever the other things are. So from there, um, then you can just sort of like see in front of you. I, I always do that. I just like write it all out. I just see in front of me like, okay, there's like these four tasks that are on my like, you know, daily or weekly agenda. I hate doing them. I'm not even good at doing them. Like that tells me I can hire that person. And then from there, um, I'll like those four tasks, like so easily become a full-time job because then you can just get better at those tasks. You know, you can get more in depth at those tasks and more, uh, streamlined and neater and, you know, everything. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of what I do. And then where will you go to find that person? So, you know, okay, I'm not good at email marketing. I'm not good at building a funnel or whatever it might be. What do you do with that information to go and find the next person? The first thing I always do is I write up a job description, um, but I always ask my audience first because I think the best employees on my end have come from people who've already like been following or subscribing because they already have that like knowledge and passion and just like that general like awareness and they see the consumer's point of view. So that's been um, huge for me. And online, like, you know, there's so many people like it's, and I always say like you or a friend. Um, so I've gotten probably half of my employees from doing that. Um, and then uh, I also will always go through Indeed. So I just like post the job on Indeed. They make it really easy. You can either do it for free or if you want like your job sponsored, it's like it's super affordable. So um, that's usually where we find our people. Amazing. And will you go in knowing this is the salary that I would want to give somebody? And do you make the decision that that's going to be full-time versus this is maybe a freelancer that works one or two days within the business every week? Yeah. So we will go in just sort of like with usually a salary in mind. Again, I try to look at it as an investment. So like you know, if I'm talking to somebody who, you know, is maybe three times the amount of the salary, like if it's doable for the company, like, like, and this person is the best person in the entire world, like that never fails. Like that always, always, always ends up coming back to you. And again, money mindset coming in. Um, when it comes to freelancers, I'm very anti-freelancer. Oh, wow. I know. I'm like so weird in that regard. And that's really because I've just been burned so many times by freelancers who, and again, I know not everyone is the same, but maybe like the four three freelancers, four out of like six I've ever worked with just have like let me down in big ways in terms of, I just don't think like, like when people aren't laser focused on your brand, it's like harder for them. No, like the website, we freelance that out. I think that's like, yeah. like there, there are times, but like in terms of like, things. And then again, like, I think that it's almost a limiting belief to an extent if you are like, Oh, like I'll, 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 I'll like freelance this because again, those four tasks that I mentioned before, they develop into a full-time job. Plus then they develop into like a job that's so full-time that you're like, this person needs an assistant. Um, I have found that that is just like the best way to grow. Obviously as budget allows, obviously we want to be smart in, you know, making these decisions and things like that. But I just think that that is almost money mindset in terms of like, there's always more to that somebody could do. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I think that's a really good point. If somebody is at this stage in their business where they're managing multiple freelancers to really ask yourself, am I doing that because I'm scared? Am I doing that because of the responsibility that having this employee might mean for me? And just sit with that and let the answer come through you because you know there are definitely going to be people who are listening to this who are like, I'm not ready for a full-time employee. I don't have the budget for that. Of course. Then good for you for hiring freelancers because mm-hmm. that's the place that you're in in your in your business. And I will say, even recently, like I have I've had three or four freelancers working in the business because that made sense. Mm-hmm. I needed a new landing page, a few new landing pages built. I needed um, somebody to set up Pinterest for me. I needed like different things like that. And I don't need that full time, but I needed it in this current season. And that totally, totally makes sense. But 
it's interesting to look at it from that perspective and to think, well, actually, am I denying my business something or am I denying myself something or actually this could be packaged into one full-time role and what that might look like. Um, But obviously, you know, budget is a thing for people. And I think just even being able to recognize where am I thriving in my business? Where am I lit up? Where is my zone of genius versus what is literally draining my energy and draining my time? Because if you're heavier on that end than you are the other, it is going to show in your business. And so who and where can you find ways, even with a very small budget, to outsource that? I mean, I know you have a full-time employee, so we're looking at somebody who's at one end of the spectrum, but you know there are plenty of people that you can find on Upwork who will charge $10 an hour, $15 an hour to complete those tasks for you. And if that's all you have right now, but it's going to light you up more in your business, do it. Like let yourself have that. I think a lot of people miss out on that and they miss out on the physical time that they get back, which they can use if they want to make more money or they can use to spend with friends and family, whatever feels, you know, more abundant to them. But like, you know, again, I know on Upwork, like customer service emails, there's people who really truly charge $10 an hour and maybe they do two hours a week for you, but those are two hours in that week that you can be playing with your baby or whatever the heck. Well, it wouldn't have, but it wouldn't have been two hours for you. It probably would have been an entire day. And that's the problem. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. And that's like, also, it's just, you know, realistically knowing where you, where you are, but there, there's this book that really changes for me that I would definitely suggest called who, not how. Um, And it just is like, anytime you're like, oh, I need to do this. How am I going to do it? Instead, you're changing that to who can help me do this. I love that. I'm going to write that down for myself even right now. And, and, you know, you are running um, a product-based business now, but, you know, people that are coaching or people in the service-based industry, I just want to speak to you for a moment because I know it can feel so exhausting because you feel like you're suddenly a marketer 90% of the time versus actually being a coach. And I think that really gets you into more of your your masculine energy versus your feminine energy. It can really take you out of your zone of genius. And so just sitting with that for a little moment and thinking, where do I need support or where do I need to let some things go so I can be in that space? Because when you're in that space, you are more magnetic. Like I love podcasting. I love, I like, this will energize me. This will light me up versus sitting at the laptop, trying to write five batched emails, you know, and then uploading them and doing all the tech stuff. Like, yeah, I can do it, but it takes too much of my time and my energy. So yeah. (laughs) I think your clients, not like yours, but clients Mm -hmm. in general, like, I think they can tell when you're feeling distracted too. Like I I remember there'd be times I'd be sitting on coaching calls and I would really want to give people like my truthful attention, but then I'd be thinking about like, Oh, that, you know, email funnel isn't done or, or that is like, Oh, I forgot to do this today. Like, you know, with all of that, the extra stuff that comes within a coaching business, that's not just coaching. Um, and then that's time that that's, that's like energy away from your clients, which is, you know, if you're coaching everything for you, Mm -hmm. like I could honestly coach all day and not do anything else. And I would probably feel great afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, no, you are so gifted at that too. It's just (laughs) some people have, they have that, like that bone. You're giving me ideas. I'm like literally thinking of like, what else can I get off of my plate? Because I'll be such even, even a happier person. If I could just coach all day, like that would be incredible. Whereas I'm saying that because I, I think you would agree with me that you actually love like certain elements that maybe other people would find difficult. You love the content creation. You love the nitty gritty funnels and the uh, marketing and the this and the that. Like yeah. that's your actual, like you have that kind of CEO, COO yeah. naturally within you, I'd say. Yeah. I, I, that's what like our, we're currently working on within the business right now is like, with whoever we hire and things like that, like the goal. And I do have some days where this is what I do all day, but my goal is all I want to do is create content all day. It's the the best way I can personally make money for the business. It's the best way that I can use my skills to help the business. 
So um, truly, I would love to continue to press into that of like, that's just what my days day to day is just completely look like from start to finish, which some days they really do look like that, which is amazing. And um, eventually, I would love to really truly be like a CMO, like, like the marketing officer of the company and have someone else um, do emails from the state and like all those like stupid things that come in that you're like, you know, uh, managing the employees day to day, like things like that. So um, that's, that's my current mm-hmm. goal. That's what I, we're working towards. I know we're running out of time. I have so many questions to ask you. I just, okay. Two more questions if that's okay. <laughs> Coming back to the content piece, because you're somebody who churns out a lot of content marketing. What is your piece of advice for somebody when it comes to creating that? I know everybody's different, but I'm curious, is that something you batch very far in advance? Or is it something that, you know, you have a note section on your phone and when you get an intuitive hit, you go and create a video on it. Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Intuitive hits. 100%. Um, there'll be times like when I do my like wash days, you know, I will film like seven videos throughout that wash day. And my wash day takes eight hours because I am pausing every four seconds to film a different video. Then I have to get this angle to film this video and stuff like that. So, um, wash days are days that I will batch things that I can trickle in. But yeah, for the most part, it's really just like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me do it. And I just find that that is what works best for my brain. There are successful TikTokers and Instagrammers who really like to to batch it just like I'm a kind of a sporadic person. And for me, that's just my flow state. I love just like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me go make it. Um, So that's what helps me. And then in terms of like, just like, I think you asked like advice for people who make content. Um, I know like something that I think that I've gotten good at is um, being able to just like sell through my content. And I would say that my biggest piece of advice on that would, would mainly just be like, give value and don't hide the fact that you're selling. I think before I would try to like maneuver a sell in there. And now I'm like, buy this if you want it. You know, it's like, I think people just like, like that it's more just like, yes, I'm selling you something and you can buy it. Yeah. It's transparent. And, um, so that would be like one big thing that I would say. And then the other thing would just be to like, I'm constantly having this conversation with my marketing team all the time, which is, I think when you're in your business and you're making your videos and you're doing whatever you're doing, you know what you sell, but like, I'm always on them. Like, we have to recreate this post guys, because if this popped up on somebody's page, they don't know what it is. Like they don't, they've never heard of you. They've never heard of curls month. Like, what is that? What is curls month? It's a magazine. I don't know. So like, they don't realize like you have to make it for beginners for kindergartners. I always say like, make this so a kindergartner can understand what you're That is such a great piece of advice. You have to think about it. If somebody had never seen or heard from you ever before and they saw that post, would they know what they want, what you want them to buy and would they want to buy it? I love that because we are so in our heads that we think somebody else is reading our mind and has been with our brand from the very beginning and and it's not the case. So I, I, I'm even taking that to heart and like, we'll even go back and reread some of my posts and think, if somebody did not know what this money mindset coaching was, is this something that they would want to invest in? So thank you for that. Last and final question. And then we'll probably just have to have you back. Um, <laughs> as somebody who manages now six employees, hundreds and thousands of followers, and a huge monthly income in your business, what do you do for yourself on a daily basis to remain grounded in your why, your value, and your soul's mission? I love this question. Um, I love this a lot because this is like core what I think you and I worked on for so long. So number one, I, as much as I can, sometimes of course you can't always be this way, but I always do my best to stay in my flow state in terms of what do I feel like working on right now? What do I have the energy for? Like I have all of these things on my to-do list, but like right now, if I were to try to fill out this tax form, my head would explode. So Instead, I'm going to, you know, write this email because it feels like it's, it's just like, um, it's attractive to me in that moment. And it like just feels good to, to do it. So I 
definitely just work-wise, like just do what I feel like I can do in that moment. And that has really helped me. Now, of course, if things are due, sometimes you just got to like buck up and do it, but just staying in flow state just all day, like just helps with like my stress. Um, So that's huge. 100% my morning routine in the morning, like sets me up for success, prayer, meditation, moving my body. Um, And then every single night I cook dinner and that is my, I'm closing down the office like moment. Like once Mm. dinner is cooked, like there's no more content creation. There's no more computer time. Dinner is being cooked. I put on music, I make like a really nice dinner. And that's sort of like, that's, that's when I feel like my feminine energy, like coming through so much and just like frying that chicken and just like, I feel like a woman in that moment. So um, (laughs) that's just like a non-negotiable for me that five nights a week, 100%, I'm, I'm making a nice dinner. That's a wonderful way of putting it. Like, this is my switching modes kind of ritual. And I think that's important for all of us to have who work online businesses because it can be tempting to never switch off. So create something, even if it's just turning off your phone. For me, it's going on a walk at the moment. I love that. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think those simple things can have such profound effects on our mental well-being. So it has been a joy catching up with you. There's just, there's so much that you have done in the last few years. It's kind of impossible to pack it into one podcast episode. So where can people go and find out more about you? And if you have curly hair, like it's a given, you have got to sign up for this subscription. (laughs) Um, So my personal pages are at it's Barbie Dell. Um, and then my business is at curls monthly. And of course you can always go to curlsmonthly.com. Amazing. Thank you. We'll put all of that in the show notes below and, and maybe a link to the subscription. If that's something that somebody is interested in. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. I really hope that you are leaving this conversation feeling inspired and motivated by just how much is possible for you in your life and in your business in whatever capacity that looks like for you on a unique level. I have a really random side note or caveat to this conversation that I wanted to add in just for context and for anyone that maybe needs to hear this because I was thinking about this after I had spoken with Barbara about how honored I am to have worked with her over the years. I worked with her on a one-to-one level. I worked with one of her family members. You know, she came back and worked with me multiple times. Um, I worked with a company that she was working for at the time, pre-Curl Vitality. So it's been such a beautiful journey that we've been on together. And I was thinking back to how we first connected and we met in LA and right back at the beginning of my business, I actually wrote a book and it was a book on body image for young women called learning to love the girl in the mirror. And I ran a free competition at the time and I barely knew what I was doing when it came to the online space. But right back at the beginning, I ran this competition and she won the competition to receive a signed copy of my book. I mean, I hardly had any followers at the time, so I can barely remember what this was, but I just remember that I sent her a free signed copy of my book. And look at what that turned into and look at the relationship that has been forged from that. And I could have never, ever, ever guessed that that would be the case. And I'm sharing that because I want you to know that what you are doing now at this time in your business, as simple as it might seem, maybe you have no idea what that might turn into. The value that you feel you may be pouring into, you may feel like you're not seeing the results that you expect to see. You have no idea who's watching. You have no idea who's listening. You have no idea what one meaningful action might turn into. So I'm just sharing this as motivation and inspiration for you to keep showing up as you and your authentic self, because when you plant those seeds, beautiful trees can blossom from them. (laughs) Check out that little metaphor. And if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, it would mean so much to me if you could take a minute to leave a review. It really does help 
support more women in finding this podcast and the messages and the mission that I have behind it. If you head to iTunes, if you leave a rating and then a review, please don't forget to screenshot it right before you submit it and then send that to me. And I would love to gift you a special meditation that I have for you as a thank you. I really appreciate if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, that you leave a rating and a review because it just, it makes such, such a difference. So thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. Thank you.